Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Hello, sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about the benefits of organization with Michelle Colazzetti. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for joining us today. So we'll get started. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Oh, my goodness. I loaded right from the get-go. Um, <laughs> so you've heard my name, Michelle Colazzetti, and I have my own professional organizational company. It's called Simple Sanctuary Home Organization. And um, I started my organizing business about two and a half years ago. And um, previous to that, I owned a an educational franchise for over a decade. And previous to that, I was a corporate trainer. So this is like the fourth or fifth incarnation of my professional life. And uh <laughs> I'm excited for the, you know, the new journey and, uh, and for what it holds. Um, and I am trained through the Marie Kondo, uh, Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo. <laughs> joy everywhere. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I trained through her organization. So that's the methodology that I love to use when we are working with clients and, uh, decluttering and tidying their spaces. Oh, that's so cool. So. I've heard of um, Marie Kondo and like I have an idea of what her theory is but um, for those listeners who haven't heard of who Marie Kondo is are you able to just explain a little bit about her theory and her ideas on organization? Sure so let me throw this back at you Nicole what what do you know about Marie Kondo? So what I know is that um, we only hold on to things that spark joy and anything that doesn't we get rid of. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that that's literally it in a nutshell. It's, um, it's a very, very empowering and positive philosophy for clearing out your life of the things that surround you that don't uplift you, that bring you down. So, you know, it, I mean, it's, you know, people, you see all the memes about her, like sparking joy and, you know, sprinkles and stuff, but when you really, when you really think about it, like, why wouldn't you surround yourself with things that make you happy? So 
when we work with clients in the Marie Kondo philosophy, yeah, that is that is where we where we work and say and we touch everything, and it's very organic and it's very holistic. And I think when people start out, they're a little shy and embarrassed about like holding their clothes and really thinking about whether does this t-shirt spark joy <laughs> um but you know you know it and you know it from when you go to get dressed in the morning and you pull something off your in your closet and you and you look at it and you put it and what do you do you like hold it up against you right like it touches your body and you have a visceral reaction to it and you're like no I can't or oh no I, I can't and you put it back so if you worked with a Kamari organizer, those things that we saw those reactions to, we'd encourage you to donate it if it was in good enough shape or discard it with gratitude because maybe it was a little crop Pink Floyd t-shirt that you bought back in your <laughs> younger, younger, younger days. And it comes with a lot of memories. But now when you put it on, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't wear this. And <laughs> So instead of holding on to it and feeling bad every time you look at it, you let it go and you say, you know what? That chapter of my life has closed. I'm on to a fabulous new chapter where I get to wear full-size t-shirts now. <laughs> and I can get a full-size Pink Floyd t-shirt if I want to. And let that go with gratitude. And when you look in your closet, it's everything you pull out makes you happy. Everything you put onto yourself and, and try on in the morning is something that makes you happy and, and you start your day off with joy and fulfillment rather than, ugh, I hate how I look in this or why do I still have this? Or, you know, you have all those negative self, uh, negative thoughts that you don't want to have. Um, and then the other big thing that with the Marie Kondo thing that we really try to do is we try to do a whole house declutter. Um, and, um, now that being said, we can do small projects. Absolutely. But my favorite thing is to do the full house declutter, which we call our tidying festival. And again, very mm -hmm. positive language. It's not the tidying chore or the tidying. Oh my God, how am I going to get through this? It's a festival. It's happy. And the idea being that as we go through the categories of decluttering, you get better and better at getting in touch with your emotions about your your possessions and you find things that are sparking joy and you go through everything. So it's one and done, right? Like it's, it's hard slog for a few months, but then you're done. Then your whole home is just filled with the things that you love. Hmm. I love that concept. I binge watched Marie Kondo when <laughs> she was first on Netflix and I'm like this is so great I actually my jeans my jean shelf is Marie Kondoed like it's everything is folded and it yeah. fits and it, I always like tell people I'm like oh you know I have a hard time like fitting my jeans I'm like Marie Kondo them you gotta Marie Kondo them but it really does make such a, a difference like like your space just like getting rid of that butter just makes such a difference and like like you said like having things around you that actually make you happy like what's the point of having you know 10 sets of dishes or like six sweaters or whatever if they're just sitting there and like 
you, you never wear them. You never put them on. Like there's nothing like you have no like positive memories attached to them. Like I have to say when I moved from my other house into this one now, I purged so much and to have like to live, I don't live minimalistly by any means, but like, yep. but to live more minimalistly than what I was and to have like less, like it just, I don't know, like you said, like energetically, it just does something. It really does. It absolutely does. And you know, when, when I first read her book and it's called the life changing magic of tidying up, um, I wasn't ready. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to vertical fold all of my t-shirts. And I was like, this is not really all that life changing. (laughs) Um, and that's, you know, that's like saying, oh, I'm going to eat a salad today and then I'll be healthy tomorrow. You know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Like you've got to do the whole kit and the caboodle in order to, to have the impact. And then after I sold my business and I was at home, it, we had been through a year and a bit of the pandemic of all working from home of all of that clutter, the emotional clutter, the physical clutter, everything all like, I didn't have a dining room anymore. It was my office. And, you know, upstairs, my my daughter would be doing her schooling in her room, I'd be in the dining room, my husband would be working in the basement. And there was no getting away from all this stuff. And thankfully nobody was ever coming over because I don't know where I would have put all my office <laughs> stuff if I actually had to host a dinner or something. Um, but it was when I sold the business and then I was like, I don't need all this stuff anymore. I need to like organize it, but I would need to get rid of it. Then I was ready for the life-changing magic. And I, I remember, you know, I think that when I talking to your audience and you guys, you'll understand what I'm going to say is that that book kind of floated up to the top of a basket of it you know like I don't know how and I found it when I moved something I'm like oh what's this book doing here (laughs) and I think it's like sort of the universe saying read this book you need this book right now Um, and I did because I didn't want to clean up and so one must procrastinate and do something (laughs) else Um, and I read the book and it was like I'm gonna do this and and I started and I didn't start with the, I, like, as much as I wanted to clean up the papers. I didn't, I started with my clothes, which is the first category. And I did my clothes and my, my poor husband came upstairs and my half of the closet was on the bed. And he was like, <laughs> What's happening now? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm Marie Kondoing. leave me alone (laughs) yeah and I was like and then I was like yep and normally what I would have done was the things that I didn't want I would have like tucked them into the guest room to deal with at another time and then when someone was coming over then I would move them back into my closet because now I needed the guest room you know but -hmm. I was like nope I had my bags ready this is donations this is discard I and I like hauled them to the thrift store and donated them immediately Mm -hmm. And oh my God, this weight was just lifted. And I went in my closet and I randomly would open my drawers and it would be like looking into a little jewel box of all my t-shirts and all of my pants folded just so. And I'd find myself just going upstairs and opening the closet and going, 
my heart still like that. <laughs> um, and, um, and then I started, followed through with everything. And I, I remember by the time I got to the last category, which is sentimental items, I realized that the things that were actually really important to me, the sentimental things were just living in cardboard boxes in the basement mm. because my, the, the rest of this non-important stuff was taking up valuable real estate in my mm. house. Like my bookshelves were, had so many books on there that I was never going to read again, but they were there and I left them there. But when I cleared them out, I now had space to um, put out something that was really meaningful to me or mm -hmm. something that my grandfather had left me. So, but other, until that point, my grandfather died in 1980. How embarrassing was that? And now this is 2021. And after all these years, I finally mm -hmm. put out his fountain pen. Oh, you no, know? I had it. I always knew where it was. I just wasn't showing it the respect and the honor that it deserved because my series of beach romances were sitting on my bookshelf that I'd bought for <laughs> any number of trips. And, <laughs> when you think about it in those terms, you know, it really starts, starts to give you a little bit of clarity as to how important it is and, and how impactful your environment is on your well-being. And so now when I look at that shelf and I see that pen, I have a little warm hearted moment that, oh, you know, that's not just a pen. My grandfather touched that pen and now I get to pen. Yeah. So, you know, Aww. yeah, I love that so much for you. That's so cute. What a nice little story. I love that. Yay. <laughs> I feel like we're having this conversation. Like for me, it's like, like almost like selfishly because right now I'm like purging everything that I have. Um, I got rid of like a, a bin full of clothes like two, three weeks ago and now I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. um, but like I have like this postpartum body and nothing fits me properly. And so like, I'm like, why do I have all these things just taking up valuable real estate in my closets right. and I deserve to get a new wardrobe? So yeah. I'm just like going through everything. And like you mentioned holding on to things and like putting things up to your body or like I've been trying them on. And like I look at it and I'm like, yeah, you know, these things might fit me, but are they bringing me any joy? Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to toss everything. And like, even if things do fit me, I'm thinking this is from like 10 years ago from when I was in university and now this style isn't even in anymore and I feel like I'm holding on to these things because like they're a memory uh -huh. but like am I gonna uh -huh. be hurt if they're gone it's kind of like an out of sight out of mind thing so I'm just getting rid of absolutely everything and it feels so freeing like not holding on to these things that I don't need what a great mm. word, freeing, right? Like, and it feels a little out there to talk about, you know, decluttering as freeing, but your 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 space has such a huge impact on how you're feeling, mm. and and everybody has, you know, Christina, you said I'm not a minimalist. I'm not a minimalist by any stretch. I love things. I am sentimental about stuff. And, um, but, you know, you have to weigh the space you have, what you want your space to feel like, you know, 
if I lived in like a 10,000 square foot house and I had all this space, then when I put all the things I had in that space, it would still feel light and airy and open, which is how I like my space to feel. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, don't tell anybody. I don't. Live in a- <laughs> um, so bring that down. And if I kept all of those things, then I'm giving up how my space feels. And you have to sort of weigh one against the other and, and decide for the space I have, how much stuff can I keep? And is it going to be meaningful or is it just going to be filler, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been toying with the idea, like whether or not this ever actually happens, but like toying with the idea of like maybe one day living in a tiny home Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and having like, that would be a huge downsize because right now my house is the 15, 1600 square feet. So Mm -hmm. to move down to like two or 300 square feet would be, a big change but and I'm thinking of like what stuff would really be a problem and I think it's just the stuff in my basement Mm -hmm. that's in my basement because my furniture could come with me my clothes could come with me I don't have a lot of like kitchen stuff that like I need all the time it would be my basement stuff like all that stuff that just sits there and a lot of it and like Nicole knows this my we moved my grandmother into a retirement home a couple years ago and she had so much stuff so yeah. much stuff and my like all of it was brand new like never used and my mom would say to like Nicole and I like do you want this do you want this do you want this set of dishes do you want this crystal vase do you want this do you want that and I'm like no and my mom's like well it's nice you might like have a credenza one day you might want to put it in I'm like no I don't want a credenza to display things I'm never gonna use it or just gonna sit there and so I have like three Rubbermaid bins of stuff <laughs> in my basement of like things I will probably never use and hopefully yeah. never put in a credenza. But again, like a lot of it is like you said, like a lot of it's sentimental mm-hmm. because it is my grandmother's. If I'm in a position where I do have a 10,000 square foot house or yeah. whatever, and I'm like, you know, entertaining a dozen people, then I'll take out those plates and I will use them. But otherwise, yeah, it's literally just clutter. I'm like, why, why do I need this stuff? Why do I need this stuff? I don't know. I like, I feel like we place so much value on, like I was thinking if I really need to entertain a dozen people, I can go get paper plates, but yeah, it's not that big a deal, but everyone puts so much value on like having these nice things to show everyone, but no one ever considers like you were saying, like, does it, how does it make you feel? Yeah. Like, how does that having that actually make you feel not like, Oh, everyone, everyone looks at me and they're like, wow, look at that set of dishes. That's nice. Like that's your ego that's your ego that's getting fulfilled but like how does it actually make you feel my cat actually broke I had um a uh what's it called like a cake topper but it was like sectioned into not a cake topper a plate cake plate yes with a little sectioned into three and it was in the basement and I do use it when I have people over it was my grandmother's it was crystal and my cat broke it my cat knocked it off of where, like, I'm like, how did you manage to get up here and break it? I don't know, but broke it. And if this had been like five, 10 years ago, I would have been distraught because it was a sentimental thing. And I'm like, you know what? Things break. That's and just- here, so here's my question then. What happened? Are, you're still breathing. Yeah. 
like things break. Okay. Life goes on. It's fine. It did me a favor. And has it diminished your feelings about your grandmother? No, it hasn't because she's not that crystal plate. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it, it may have, it may have been a trigger for memories of her, but those memories still hanging around, like the plates come or go, but the memories of your grandmother are the, are the things that no one can ever take. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, your kitty did do you a little favor and maybe this is sort of pushing you down the road of letting go of some of those things that may not be the things that you want to take into the next chapter of your life. Yeah. Just won't let my mom know. <laughs> As a mom. Yeah. We don't want to know everything. <laughs> don't tell us everything. <laughs> We are happy not to know everything. <laughs> there's there's definitely been things like when I move like house to house, she's like, what happened to like this thing I gave you that? I'm like, mom, I think I got donated in the move. And she's like, oh, but I bought that for you. And I'm like, oh, I forgot, but I donated it because I never used it or never wore it or whatever. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and when I, I remember I'm the same, my mom, you know, it's a generational thing. And my mom has Christmas plates. My mom has spring plates. My mom has Thanksgiving plates and all the plates come with also tablecloths that go with the plates and yes. napkin rings that go with the plates and tablecloth. And she kept saying to me that after, you know, long after I got married, you don't have a turkey platter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, I have a platter <laughs> that I can put a turkey on for the once a year that I might or might not but I might make a turkey and she'd be like do you want me to get you a turkey platter I'm like no no (laughs) absolutely not I do not want a platter dedicated to a turkey that I might (laughs) use once a year and I got rid of all of sort of my seasonal plates like I have a few like a cookie like a candy dish that's got snowmen on it or you know like a little plate that has poinsettias on it for Christmas and stuff but I just realized that because they were down in the basement or somewhere high on a shelf I'm five foot two on a very very good day Um, (laughs) and when if I was having people over I just went for the stuff I could reach which is just my usual stuff and like you said Nobody ever seemed to care that I was having Thanksgiving dinner and I didn't have like a fall <laughs> tablecloth. I just had like a white tablecloth, um, you know, and, and I think that now as my mom is sort of in the very golden part of her life <laughs> and she's not able to get those things down or go up, like she can't carry them from the basement and stuff. She's starting to realize the value of that. So she said to me, I think I'm just going to get rid of it. And I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> Facebook, someone will give you 10 bucks. You can go have a Starbucks, like literally <laughs> take it away. So and good then, for her though, to yeah, realize that. Yeah. And I think it's because when she does come over, she does see that Michelle's just got like white dishes that she uses <laughs> over and over again for every occasion. And the only thing might be that, you know, I've got like a cider scented candle surprise it's autumn you know (laughs) and it's okay okay. yeah yeah sorry my cat just like literally went to sorry I have to edit this out 
literally went to jump on the couch, but then jumped short because I was sitting here and then she stuck her claws in the couch. She doesn't scratch the couch, but she jumps short all the time. Oh no. It's just a thing. The kitten. I know it's just a thing. It's just a thing. (laughs) Anyways, we'll edit that out. It's fine. (laughs) Case in point, yeah, it's just a thing. It's actually it's funny because like we we grew up and we're like taught to like you know respect your things things cost money like be careful with them you want them to last and so we always did but it made me like really almost like OCD about things because I'd be like oh this has to last you know I can't I can't open that now I'm saving it I'm saving it for special like what are you saving it for what special occasion are you saving it for and like my couch my dad's like oh you know you're getting a second cat like they're going to scratch your couch. They don't actually scratch the couch. They just jump short. Yeah. They don't actually scratch the couch. And you know what? If they do, I love my cats. It's just a couch. It's like, it's a thing. It literally is a thing. And that's not to say that I don't respect the things that I've worked hard for, but it is just a thing. Like, and that's what I think a lot of people don't get is it's like they're things. Like yeah. our grandmother used to throw everything out. Our other grandmother threw everything yeah. out all the time. Yeah. And like, we're like, what? Like, I don't like this anymore. Get rid of it and buy something new. And it's funny because so many of the things that when I run up against an obstacle, when I'm working with a client, it's so much as you start to talk to them and you get to know Mm -hmm. them, so much of it is rooted in their childhood. It's Mm -hmm. how we were raised and the values that they hold dear are the things that can either help them move forward really quickly, or they're the things that really get in their way and that's one of those things is that you were raised to value money like money Mm -hmm. doesn't grow on trees you know um my dad would say what do I work for the electric company turn off the damn lights you know (laughs) um so I'm like I'm vigilant about I leave a room I turn off the lights you know so I like leave a swath of darkness behind me wherever (laughs) I go I'm like I'm like (laughs) Professor Snape you know it just gets dark as I walk past um, and my husband will come in and be like, it's pitch dark in here, but I'm in the kitchen. So I only need the light in the kitchen. I don't need the lights, but it's, uh, it's, you realize that it's how you were raised and, and, and that sort of continual talk that's sitting around in your brain. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things is that people will say, oh, I can't throw that away. It was expensive or, and I'm like, well, you have to kind of. I think it's kind of flippant when people, you know, you'll, you'll see things, those people say, well, the money's gone. That's irrelevant to some people. Like it's, they have to come to terms with what's it costing you to keep it. Mm -hmm. You spent money to get it, but what is it costing you to keep it? And going back to Nicole's thing about her wardrobe, you know, yes, all of those clothes that you have in your wardrobe, you spent your hard-earned money on, but the cost of keeping them is having you feel poorly about yourself every time mm-hmm. you leave. So where do the cost-benefit analysis about that? Like, look at that and say, you know, what's more important to me? What costs me more? And sometimes, you know, people will have a dress. I, I have this dress that I wore to my daughter's wedding. Okay, when did your daughter get married? <laughs> 
2000. Oh, dear God. Okay. <laughs> so congratulations. Is your daughter still married? Yes. Fantastic. Do you have pictures of that day by any chance? <laughs> Thousands of pictures. Hmm. Are you ever going to wear this dress again? Or is it always going to be the dress you wore to your daughter's? Yeah. And donate it. There is some other lady somewhere who doesn't have the money to buy a beautiful dress like this for her daughter's wedding. (laughs) And it's sitting in your closet and you can share that joy with a stranger who will find it somewhere and you know, it'll be like a miracle for them that they were able to find this spectacular dress that they can use for a really important moment in their life. Um, but it's, it's, you have to get your client to that place emotionally. Um, it's not financial when they talk about how, how much something costs. It's, it's yeah. yeah, for sure. So like, what are the, what are the steps that you take? Like I, I binge watched, but like, I'm not a pro like you are. So like, <laughs> but like, what are the steps that you take? What are, what are the Marie Kondo steps? And like, how do you get your clients to that point? Well, one of the, the first thing that we do is we organize in a certain, we organize certain categories, like, and we try really hard not to skip categories. People really want to skip categories and, and mm. we're pretty vigilant. I mean, she's Marie's like four foot eight. 92 pounds soaking wet and she's tough as nails about you must stick to the category and when I first started I was like we don't have to stick to the category we can do our own thing oh it's a bad idea bad idea Michelle stick to the categories (laughs) Marie knows what she's of what she speaks so we start with clothes and the reason we start with clothes is that people have at some point done a declutter of their clothes it's familiar right so you start with the familiar you get used to the idea of the joy check. You get used to, you know, thanking your things um, when you're discarding them um, because they have served a purpose in your life and they're going on to their new life the same way that you're going on to yours. And um, after we do clothes, we do uh, papers. Oh, sorry, we do books. And books are so hard because people yeah. have a million and a half books. Or they have three (laughs) and there's really no in between. I am the person who used to have million and a half books. And now I just have like a few books of series that I love and a few old books that I've collected. Everything else is on my Kindle. Um, Mm. And so I still have a lot of reading material. It's just digital. So it's not whether I have one book or 10,000 books, it's taking up the same amount of space. Um, Hmm. But there are people who have a very hard time with their books. And so, but again, people feel like I can let this go. I've read this book a lot of times. And if I really want to read it again, I can go get it at the library. So it's a sort of soft move down the path of it's being let go. But if you decide you really want to read this book again, it's accessible. Like it's not gone forever. Mm. Um, and then papers and papers are not hard as much as they are boring for most people. But I find that after we do the paper declutter, they're so happy because that has weighed on them. And I, I always say to them, we are going to find a paper that you will be like, Oh my God, I was looking for this for 10 years. Um, (laughs) And 
I, oh, I can't even tell you the things that we have found in our paper declutter. People have found credit cards that they opened and had no idea existed. They were like, what? Oh, no. And I'd be like, mm, you need to, this is like a do today as soon as Michelle leaves. You need to call the bank and figure this out right away. Um, they have found tax documents that they didn't think that they had. Um, I worked with this one lady who was, uh, she was going through sort of the end stages of her divorce. And um, of course the lawyers would call and say, I need this and that. And she'd be like, she had these Rubbermaid totes of stuff. And she would literally rifle through them until she found the paper that she needed. And when we did her papers, about sort of 20 minutes before the end of our session, her lawyer called and asked her for something. And she looked, she was on the phone, she looked over at me and she was like, and then she said to the lawyer, I know exactly what that is. I'll take a picture in five minutes and I'll get it back to you. Triumphs. The phone, and she was like, oh my God, that's never happened before. And I was like, well, what are you looking for? And she's like, I am looking for an investment statement. I'm like, okay. Let's go to the filing cabinet. We go to investments and, you know, she's like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe it. And she's like, it takes me so much time to find these things and the stress that now I know where it all is, it's gone. Like all that nasty, ugly feeling of they're going to ask for something and I'm going to have to find it. And I don't know where that is. Mm. Um, and then we do what we call kimono, which is Japanese for like miscellaneous. And that's everything else under your bathroom vanity, uh, your DVD collection, your, um, <laughs> you know, your um, anything and everything. And as part of that, it's also your kitchen. So um, we do the kitchen and the Tupperware and the random gadgets that you thought were a great idea when you were walking through the mall and someone told you buy it now it's on sale um and <laughs> you would go we do the pantry and you know when when we get to the kitchen and all of those things again they're kind of used to the idea now of I'm only going to keep what I really need and I'm going to you know discard it and the pantry's always fun because we always do a little kind of guessing game as to how old is Inspired. the <laughs> here. a lot of people are indignant they're like there's no expired food in my pantry I'm like I have never once worked with a client that did not have expired food in my pantry. and and I'll be like oh and then we always take like the the leading one and we put it somewhere like oh this is 2012 <laughs> so and then that's the winner until we oh my god it's 2010 you know it's not I gotta, I gotta tell you that's one of the things so like at my parents house there's two pantries two large pantries I don't know how anything in there is like there's so much stuff in there and when I moved out on my own that was the one thing I said I'm not going to buy 10 cans of beans because they are on sale I'm not I'm gonna buy exactly what I need and I'm gonna use it all because I hated hated having this pantry, living with this pantry and it being full of stuff. You can never find anything. And I'm like, is this all usable? Is it being used? Like, it's bizarre to me. And right now when we like built this house, you either 
They said, you can either get a hall closet or a kitchen pantry because it's on like the same wall here. I'm like, well, obviously a hall closet, like where yeah. people are going to put their stuff when they come over. Like, I don't need a pantry. And then I was like, I don't need a pantry. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that the way we, the way we cook and stuff has changed, you know, mm-hmm. like my mom had this pantry of, of stuff. And to this day, there's certain things she will buy in bulk because it makes more sense because it's, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, there was like, and it was also because I think that we used to feed people differently when they came over, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I remember relatives coming over and it was this huge production. Yes. It's like 18 course meal, but everybody felt like they had to be forklifted out at the end. <laughs> you know? Whereas now I think we do much more simple kind of entertainment. Like if, you know, if, if you guys were coming over or something, we wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel the need to feed you 18 courses. Like we could do like a charcuterie board and a couple glasses mm-hmm. of wine and maybe a couple of tarts or, you know, we would do like much simpler food. And I would have no qualms about buying the food to entertain with. Yeah. Um, because I think that our parents' generation, what, you know, you, you bought a lasagna, what's wrong with you? You know, you didn't like make it from scratch, like. Oh, yeah. what, what will the relatives say? Oh, so, don't even get me started. Right? <laughs> so, so I think how we live has changed. And yes, it's nice to have, like, you know, have a few things in your pantry so that if you're trying to make a quick meal, you're not eating out all the time. But I don't like, you know, I, I was actually looking, I was going to making my grocery list for tomorrow. I'm like, why do I have, I have fettuccine, I have rotini, I have macaroni and I have penne. Like there's two people who live in this house. Why? (laughs) And I realized what's happened is that when I've gone shopping, I've bought something. And then when he's gone shopping, he's bought something. And I'm like, we definitely do not need (laughs) packed because unless there's no, we can't leave the house for three months where we've got pasta. So (laughs) we're not going anywhere, (laughs) but then, sorry, then the last category is always the hardest. And that is the sentimental items. And we leave Mm -hmm. that for the very end because it is the hardest to let go. And like you said, the sentimental items are where those kind of deep seated grow as how you were raised kind of values come out. Like it costs money. I can't let it go. Um, I see scarcity issues, but people are like, well, what if I need it? Mm. Um, when have you needed it? When's <laughs> That's why it's in the basement. <laughs> basement. When have you needed this? Um, and if you didn't have it, here's a here's another story. So I had a client. Um, we were doing her kitchen, so it wasn't a sentimental item, but same kind of idea. And she had a zucchini noodle spiralizer thing, and it was like in a box, and it had like a crank, and you put the zucchini in, and and you get zucchini noodles. And she said, I've used it once. And I'm like, okay. She's like, but I said, how long you had it? She's like, I don't know, four or five years. And I said, you've never, you've made zucchini noodles once. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And I said, okay. Like, if you really want to keep it, you can, like, I'm not going to make you throw something away. I said, but you know, it's, it's in a box. It takes up a good amount of space. It's tucked way in the back. 
you're probably not going to get on your hands and knees and say, oh, I have to make zucchini noodles. Let me go through this exercise of getting this. And I said, if you didn't have this and you really wanted zucchini noodles, could you make them? And she's like, yeah, I would just use my vegetable peeler. I'm like, you've given yourself the answer, you know, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you're so worried about what if I need it for something? Um, and then we have people who have, um, it belonged to, you know, the issues like you were saying that it belonged to your grandmother, um, but it doesn't bring you any joy. Yeah. Um, and so what I would say, like, you can use this, feel free. This is, you can tell your mom. And if you decide to, if she's like, why are you getting rid of that? Um, so what I say to people is let's say, let's say I left something to somebody, but it meant the world to me, but it brought them no joy other than the fact that I thought about them and it belonged to me. And I say, so you think about, so I have, I have a couple of tattoos. There's my cat. Oh, and I have, so let's say that thing was like this tattoo when I die, the tattoos going with me, I can't leave that to anybody, but the memory of me being with you whilst I had this tattoo is mm -hmm. what you would hold on to. It's the same thing as the vase or the crystal dish or whatever it is, is that if that thing had to go with the person when they moved on, it would, you'd still have the memory of that person. It, it, hmm. it is not that person, it, that thing, this tattoo brings me joy. It, it's just a part of who I am. I can't bequeath it to you and and I can't say to you, when I go, you both must get this tattoo. <laughs> Otherwise, I will know that you don't love me. <laughs> it seems ridiculous, right? But you put it into those types. But that's the value that some people place on something. It's like, I can't let it go. I don't love it, but I have to have it. Mm -hmm. um, and when you sort of redirect in terms of, would you get their tattoo because you love them? Or no, I wouldn't. So, you know, you, you try and give them that moment. Um, and, you know, so, so those are the types of things that we, we work through that. But before we do any of that, the first exercise that I do with my clients is I sit down with them and I get them to sort of find a minute and I get them to describe to me what their ideal life looks like when mm. it comes to their space. What, like if you could just wave that magic wand, what would this room look like? And they say to me, oh, if it's their bedroom, they're like, oh my God, it would be a light color. And I would have all the fluffy pillows on the bed so that when I sat there to read, oh, I would have like books by my bed and I would have, you know, they're describing this like beautiful thing. And so I often get them to print off a picture or screenshot a picture for me and send it to me of uh, this is what my ideal kitchen looks like. Not like it has to be palatial, but what is it about this picture that speaks to you? And then when I'm getting a lot of pushback about, well, no, I can't get rid of this and I can't get rid of that. And I'll say, well, this is the picture you had and what you're showing me now doesn't match up to that picture. So has that ideal changed? 
or do we need to sort of remember what we're trying to work toward? And then as we go to the, go through those categories and I keep bringing them back to that ideal, we can get, we don't always get there, but we get closer and that's hmm. okay. That's fine. Closer is good. Yeah. Everything happens in baby steps, right? Like you can't, Rome wasn't built overnight. Like you're not going to no. change someone's way of thinking or sentimentality towards something overnight. But I think if you equip them with the skills, which is exactly what you're doing, yeah. then it like you set the groundwork, they're doing it kind of in a safe space with a safe person, mm-hmm. like you're yeah. holding their hand and then, and then like they go off and do it on their own. So yeah, it might not happen overnight, but, but they've like, now they know how to do it. Right. Right. And that's the thing that it, this isn't, this isn't a, like, you know, you do the big declutter that you do the big tidy festival, but you do have to continually reevaluate and um, sort of look at what your space has become. But I think the most amazing thing is when you do the big purge and the declutter, you become very possessive of the negative space in your life. Mm-hmm. And you are like very careful as to what you're bringing in because that is now going to take up space where, Mm -hmm. you know, where a nice open space was now something is going to sit on the credenza. (laughs) I'm, I'm very much like that right now because moving in here, I didn't have a lot of stuff. And then over the last three years, like I've accessorized, like I've got more plants and I don't know, a couple more books on the shelf, whatever. But lately my mom's been buying me things like she's and I had a conversation with her the other day and and um I think with her like because she's been helping Nicole a lot with the baby and I think she feels almost like guilty that she's not with me as often so she like buys me things and I understand that her giving things and buying things is her way of of saying I love you so I'm like very delicate and being like I appreciate this but, and I had to have a conversation with her the other day. I'm like, I love that last pair of pants you bought me. Love them. I said, but I don't need any more clothes and my closets are filling up. I said, I appreciate it, but please, can you just pump the brakes on buying me things? Because like, look at this thing I bought you. It, it does the zucchini thing. Like it's like all that stuff, which are really cool, but like, I don't need it. And now I've got to find a place for it. Like you said, like- yeah. Like now it's got to like, I got to move, rearrange things in my cupboard so I can like put the zucchini peeler up there, or like refold my pants. So then my pants will fit in there. And it's, it's, it seems like ridiculous saying it, but when you've got a very like basic space and like you said, like you're adding those things, it's like the, it is, it's like taking up real estate, whether it's like physical or mental or whatever, it's taking that up and it's, yeah. And it's hard because if every, like everybody in your life is not on the same journey as you, right? You Mm -hmm. are in a certain place at a certain time and you're trying to work to a a goal that you may have. Um, And with your um, audience, they're working towards like a self-realization, coming to terms and, and living their most full, happy, fulfilled lives with my clients, they're trying to get there too, but through organization and decluttering. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell them that you have to tell people that you are on this journey. You have to share Mm -hmm. that I am trying to live a simpler life with fewer things. So please don't give me things 
give me experiences, give mm-hmm. me time. So mom, don't buy me a zucchini peeler, but can we go get a coffee? You know, like give me, even if it's 10 minutes, that's more valuable. That's more appreciated than a thing that sh- who, however well-intentioned it is. And it's, again, it's about making sure that people understand where your boundaries are and what you're willing and how flex. And of course, you're going to be flexible on that depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Um, but, you know, you have to be ready to say, don't like, you know, and I've, I've changed too. When I buy things for people now, I buy consumables because I'm like, yes. I am not buying this person a Royal Dalton figurine, like no, no. <laughs> what the heck or whatever, you know, I'm buying you a bottle of wine. I'm baking you some cookies or a cake. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bringing you a fruit platter. I'm making you something that is something that you'll all enjoy together, but it'll be gone in a week, you know, mm-hmm. and the only thing with- it'll be with the memory of it. And that's the most important part for me. It's the memory of it, the sharing of it. And then it's out of your life. (laughs) No, I do. I do that with kids too, because I feel like people are always buying kids toys and like those poor parents, their house (laughs) is already full of toys. I always buy, like like you said, like coloring books or like Mm -hmm. consumable, something that like they can use like Play-Doh. They use it, they can play with it outside and then mom and dad can throw it in the garbage after if they want. And that's not meant to be like wasteful, but like, there's just so much, like people don't want you bringing more stuff in their home. I honestly don't think people understand it. Like all of the toys we have are literally people just bringing us random gifts. I'm Mm -hmm. like, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you went out and like you put the Mm -hmm. thought into this thing for us, but oh my God, like my house has so many things in it that I didn't want. Like I had uh, one baby shower. I had a registry. Most of the people followed that registry. A lot of people just went ahead and bought what they wanted to buy. And then I had another shower and because we had everything we needed, I asked for money for like, RESPs like for school investments, or gift cards to put towards like a bigger purchase that we need for the baby well what did we get Stop. random thing random things yeah yeah I don't appreciate it but like people don't understand that you're trying to live a certain way mm-hmm. and like I don't necessarily have all of the space for all of these things yeah and mm-hmm. I think yeah. here I am with a bit it is, it's sort of, again, it's done with the best intentions. People have big yeah. hearts and they want you to not be without. And you think, oh my gosh, I needed so many washcloths when I had babies. Yes, but I have washcloths for 10,000 babies. Wow. <laughs> How many babies did you think I was having? So, yeah. And um, I, think, I think the sentiments there, and I think people like in cases like that, like wedding shot, like I had someone gift me because we did a, um, uh, we each had our own house. We had stuff. We each had our own house with stuff. So we did a money shower to help with, to go towards the honeymoon and, and whatever. And I had someone gift me plates and like a dishware, like a whole set of dishware. And they were like, when you use them, you can think of me. And I'm like, I haven't seen you in years. Haven't seen the person since then. I appreciate the sentimentality. When I moved, the dishes did not follow me. 
Yeah. Because like I never used them and but I think people are trying to gift that sentimentality. Like, here's a little piece of me in your home. No, yeah. how about you just come visit me? Like you said, yeah. so you can come in the, like this person has never come to visit me. <laughs> and yeah. I think Nicole, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like they've never come to visit me. Like just sit with me. Like you said, I, I would appreciate that experience, but I think everyone's like trying to leave a little piece of them. Or like you said, like I use, I use so many baby like face cloths. That's nice. And I'm, I'm glad you're like imparting your wisdom that way. But like, I don't think people, I think it's, again, I think it's like a different generation, right? Like, and so like our parents' generation, like our grandparents' generation, like they just don't get it. So, um, but yeah, the experience we tend to have our kids a little bit older. Like I was in my early thirties when I had my daughter. Um, and very, I think it's different when you're like a generation or two ago when women were tending to have these baby showers when they were in their early to mid twenties. Um, and they, they kind of just appreciated it. But now by the time we have our kids, we have our ideas, we have, we're kind of Mm -hmm. fully formed into our own personalities and our, and we have the courage and the life experience to say no. And I think that's really hard for um, generationally because women didn't say no, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you didn't say like, don't be ungrateful. (laughs) You know, how many times, like someone gave that to you, be grateful. And I am, I'm grateful for the thought, but I just don't want more stuff, you know? Yeah. I, and like for, I, and I always say, you know, for new moms, I've sort of developed these little standards because I'm like, you know, you got to practice what you preach. If you're not, if you're saying that you don't want more clutter into your house, you've got to sort of show that to other people and baby showers. What I do is I, I give them a little gift card or I'll buy like a box of diapers because goodness knows talk about consumables. Um, (laughs) and and I do like, um, a pedicure for the mom. Great idea. Yeah. Because you have, you know, when you were pregnant, there came, there came a time that you stopped seeing your feet and then (laughs) the baby comes and you don't care about your feet, but your feet help, you know, Um, (laughs) to be able to say here, have the baby for an hour while I go sit and have somebody else like look after me for an hour and then I'll get like bright pink toes and life is good. Um, <laughs> and, and for, for weddings, I, and, and baptisms and stuff, I just, I know it's cheesy, but I just do a gift card because people need stuff, but I don't know what you need. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like if I do, like I can go to William Ashley and spend $250 and I'll just be able to buy you two, like a salad tong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's n- And you'll be like, oh my God, this is a $250 set of salad tongs. I can never use them because <laughs> I just yes. have store-bought Caesar salad for dinner tonight. Um, but <laughs> if I take that and I give you $250 to, I don't know, the Bay or HomeSense, you can go and you can buy towels or you can buy whatever you need that, you need to fill out your home. Like you can buy like bed sheets and more pillows or whatever you need. And I, and people, people remember that I came to their wedding. I don't actually care if they remember what they did with my, with my gift, you know, um, no. they were there and, 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 you know, 
you always have like you have to write it down you have to send a thank you card and you have to include what they gave you and tell you they gave you money you have to tell them what you're going to do with the money so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I'm, I'm married that. I'm married like call us Eddie like I'm married to a European I totally get it so <laughs> oh we get it we we get it with the euros <laughs> yeah yeah so it's uh it's funny but yeah so I think that sort of you know we we start to we're at this place where as a I'm including myself in your generation. I'm totally not. But generationally, I think we're moving down a path where we're like, we are doing this for us. And I need people around me to sort of help me and not throw up the roadblocks every step of the way. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. Like with, with your clients, like, do you find that like they're ready to go? If it's just like one person in the household who has asked for your help, do you find that they're ready to go, but there's resistance from everyone else in the households? Yes. Um, sometimes, yes. Sometimes, um, and I often say to them, you know, you're not responsible for everybody in your house. This is your trip. This is your journey. And don't worry about what every everybody else is doing. You do you. Like if we're sharing a closet, like if it's a, a married couple or if, like with fam, with kids, we'll just do half the closet. Like we don't have to do your partner stuff. Like we just look after you and inevitably, inevitably by the end of the tidying festival, whoever the client was will say, come upstairs. I want to show you something. And they'll be like, they have no idea that I know, but I saw them folding their t-shirts, Yeah, you know, and it's, and and I just, and I always say to them, don't push it. Like you came to this at the time that it was right for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that book floated up to the top when it was right for me. Um, you can't force it on somebody else because they won't do it. So don't add that extra stress to you. You just do do this for you. And you look after your own spaces and your own things. And you, know, you, you sort of figure out what of the communal spaces are gonna happen. And I did a, when I did a kitchen with a couple like this, he was like, not into it. And she was like, I'm doing it. And when we did the kitchen, I said to him, I know this is not your cup of tea, but if we could get some input on where to put things, because you're going to be using the kitchen too. Mm -hmm. And I want to take your needs into, into account. And all he said to me is I just need to find a lid for the Tupperware when I have. Oh my God. (laughs) Was it my dad? Were you talking to my dad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, He said, that's all I need. I don't care where it is. I just, when I take a Tupperware out and I put something in it, I need to find the lid. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you can put anything wherever my wife wants. This is all I need out of you. I'm like, and he left, he went and and I was like, okay. So I said to her, the very first thing we're going to do is that Tupperware drawer. Like that is going to be like our prime directive. We're going to get that done. And when he came up and I said, want to see the Tupperware drawer? And he was like, holy cats, look at that. And I was like, everything in here has a top and a bottom. Everything is matched up. You are not going to find a bottom without a top. Everything has a pair. And he was it was like this moment of he was like, oh my God. And what else have you done? And I was like, oh, we've moved the dishes here and here are the glasses and we've created little coffee stations so the coffee mugs are right above the coffee maker. And he was like, that's brilliant. Why were the mugs way over there? He's asking, he's like questioning his wife. 
And she's like, I don't know, 35 years, the mugs were over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some Um, stuff just doesn't make sense and people just kind of live with it. It's just always, you know, it's, it's where their muscle memory goes. And um, and sometimes you just need an, you know, an impartial set of eyes and uninvested mm-hmm. opinion. Like, I don't care where you put your mugs, <laughs> you can keep them there. But to me, it makes sense that if I'm making coffee, I would want the mugs. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, that totally makes, makes sense. <laughs> like it really does. Um, but ha- just, you know, looking after that Tupperware for him just made him feel validated, made him feel heard. Um, Mm. his needs for this process were met and, and he just, now I don't know if he ever folded his t-shirts, um, you know, vertically, (laughs) but just his attitude to the whole process changed. And then that helped her continue Mm. on her journey. Um, and you know, and I have lots of clients who would say, oh, Michelle, can you just remind me about, you know, my, my partner's deciding how to do this. We've done that. We've done his clothes. We've done his books. And now we're doing the papers. Can you just remind me about, you know, what the thought process is? And, and, and I'll be like, absolutely. So we just jump on a zoom call or a quick phone call. We have a little, and, and it just, it just shows me that, you know, that they're the way that they are living and the fact that they are getting the, like everything in their closet brings them joy. All of their Mm. books are only the ones that are Uh, that they love the most. They can find papers when they need them. So they're living this very simplified, intentional life. Of course, the other people in your household are going to notice because when the accountant calls and says, I need all your stuff for your taxes, if one partner can just go to their tax file and go, here you go. And the other partner goes, I'm going to need a couple of weeks because they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, so that partner who has their taxes ready is like, well, I'm going to go read one of my very few books on the porch with <laughs> a glass of wine while you run around the house looking for all your taxes. <laughs> so that and you can't have a glass of wine on the back in on the porch with me because you're looking for all your tax stuff. Um, <laughs> so you were like, there might be something to this, and I don't want to do this anymore. Next year, when it's time for taxes, I want to be like her and go to the file and go, here you go. Um, how do I get there? So, you know, demonstration, the experience is often such a far better teacher than just sniping at someone that this mm-hmm. our taxes are everywhere. So, so. <laughs> hmm. life is much better when it's simplified. It is. Yes. It is. And, yes. you know, um, when you really think about what you need in order to be happy, you just need the people you love. You don't actually, Mm -hmm. you know, of course you need a place to live. You need comfort. You need warmth. You need food. Yes. Other, once your basic needs of food, water, and shelter are met, then in order to be happy, you just need the people that you love. Everything Mm -hmm. else is gravy right like Mm it's so yeah someone someone said to me once I don't remember the context of the conversation but they were like needs versus wants do you need that or do you want it and that completely shifted how I purchased things how I looked at like goals like whatever it was do I need this or do I want it and it completely shifted everything and that's you know you just brought that up that's one the other thing is that people realize that 
after they do their tiding festival, they, they don't shop because a lot of people who are um, disorganized will buy because they can't find the thing they need. Right? <laughs> I know I have a hammer somewhere in the house, but I need to hang this picture. And like, so I'm just going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to buy that hammer. And I'm going to come back. And you know what? Two weeks later, I'll be like, oh, now I have two hammers because I found that one I had. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, but what happens, it just gets tossed because you don't have systems in place for where you keep things. And once you have those systems, you're like, yeah, I know exactly where that is that I need. You go to it. You're efficient about it. And the benefit, like people say, oh, it'll be so nice to find things. And I'm like, that's really not why you're doing this. You are reorganizing your life because the one thing that is more important than any object you own is time. And if you can give yourself more time to do the things that really nourish your soul, make you happy, that you're passionate about, then you are really living with joy. And if you're not spending your time looking for stuff and tidying your house and cleaning your house. And then you can do the things that really, really ignite those passions in you. And maybe you find things that you had no idea you were passionate about. And all of a sudden you're like, I love pottery. I'm going to take a pottery (laughs) class. Um, And uh, so you realize these things and you, you, you can do that. You can find your passions. You can explore your passions or you can be looking for your taxes. Like, yeah, come on, not so fun. Come not on. So fun. Yeah, this is this is where you're at. <laughs> well, I hope I hope all of our listeners like book an organization <laughs> thing thing. I don't know what's called organization appointment organization yeah. thing yeah. with you because number one, not only are you just like you talk about sparking joy, but like you as a human spark joy. So I hope everyone gets to meet you because you you are a joyful, sparkly person. (laughs) Thank you so much. So I do hope that they, they do choose to work with you because I think that it would benefit them a lot. But for those that uh, maybe can't right now, what advice would you give them if they're trying to like declutter or organize their life? Like what's, what's one little place that they can start? like find the thing that bothers you the most, right? Like how I often say, what I often say to people is that if the zombie apocalypse was happening, Mm -hmm. right? They are coming over the hill and you can only take out of your home what you can carry, not people and animals. Obviously those are going to be saved. We understand that we're not Mm -hmm. uncivilized, but (laughs) if you could take, what things would you take that you can carry? Whatever you put on that list, and 99% of the time, it is photographs, photo albums. For me, it would be my grandfather's pen. Like, you know, it'll be small things that just bring joy to your life. Everything else, if the zombies came and got it, it'd be gone and you wouldn't care because you have the things that really matter to you. So all that other stuff is just... Like, you know, it's just floating in the air around you. Um, Start small and just do it. And a lot of times clients will say, 
I really wanted to hire an organizer, but I've been so embarrassed. I, you know, I, my space is so messy. I'm so embarrassed. And of course, but don't be embarrassed. Like the first step is the hardest step. And the first step is making the phone call and reaching out for help. This is what we do. We go into houses of all sizes, shapes, and conditions. And we do this because we love helping people. Mm. And we, and the joy we get from our work is seeing people move down this continuum. So don't be embarrassed. Open your door to an organizer. Find an organizer whose methodologies and philosophies and personality really mesh with yours because it's an intimate process. You are letting, mm-hmm. like you are letting this stranger into parts of your life that even your sisters, your mother, your partner hasn't seen. Like I see things in paperwork, in underwear drawers, (laughs) that (laughs) I'm the only other human on the planet other than the client who knows about this. Um, So we are, you know, it it is a very intimate and, and special relationship. So find someone who you really feel like you can really work with, who will push you, but will also respect you. And then for me, you know, I I could say, oh, find a small drawer and declutter it. That's not going to make a difference in your life. You got to rip off the bandaid. Like Mm -hmm. if, you know, if you really want to make a change, you just, you got to go deep into the pool, like just make a plan and do it. And, um, and find an organizer who's, who's ready and willing to be there for you and, and we'll get you there. Hmm. That's some great advice. <laughs> so. I hope every, I hope everyone now just like shuts this off and goes and organizes their life and then yeah. skips down the sidewalk. <laughs> because you'll have the time to skip because you won't yeah. be looking for your taxes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, Michelle, if uh, listeners want to get a hold of you or get in contact with you and work with you, uh, where can they do that? So I'm on Instagram and Facebook and my handle is at Simple Sanctuary Home Org. And my website is simplesanctuaryhomeorganization.com. And if you go to the website, you can get all of my contact info. There's a contact me button. You can see what I do. Um, You can just have a have a lurk around my website and see all of the fun stuff that I've talked about today. Um, and then reach out and there's no, you know, there's no pressure to, I'm, I'm totally an odd pressure person. So if you feel like you just want to talk and see, and I'll come, I'll have a look, I'll tell you what we can do. I'll give you a ballpark on what the cost is. I'm very upfront about all of those things. And then, and then we can see if it works out and if it works out, it's great. And if it doesn't, then you just go on and find someone else who's going to make your life easier. That's all there is to it. Oh, that's so great. Thank well, you. Thanks so much for having me. This was really, really fun. I really appreciate yeah. it. And you two are a delight. Well, you are oh. a delight. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. And if you feel like you want to do a follow-up, you know where to reach me. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing 
or on TikTok at Sisterhood of Healing. We love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.